My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars of this piece of shit? Oh, are you? I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? I am Monty. Excellent. You're crushing my soul and giving me a headache at the same time. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. Show me what you got. Is it too late to say that I, I kind of don't care for Star Wars? You can say that Free. and find your way out the door. <laughs> the force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Ah, uh, mighty Isis. And here we go. looks a little different today uh if you haven't noticed mr scott i feel like we're missing two two people two very important people i think they're in a meeting with uh the boss yeah. i guess yeah for for those who don't know because uh the, the police had to come and take that recording uh we were in the middle of recording the first segment and uh some men in uniform came and took uh mr big kevin monty out to discuss something i don't know it's not my it's not my business we we were we were told to stay in our chairs and uh, everything will be handled. Yeah. So just get to work uh, and and you know do the news and don't worry about it, right? Exactly. Put your head down. Just keep going. So in the spirit of that, uh, we're gonna do the first segment of our lovely show. Just me, me and Scott. You yeah. Know, the real talent on the show. Oh boy. As I like to say. So what well, we should no start? No one can tell me it's not. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> just me and you. Yeah. The real talent. Uh. The, what is it? The the West Coast Scott and Sandwich show yeah sandwich and scott show the west coast connection the west coast connection i got it uh so let's start with the social media right we got the facebooks the twitters the instagram it's all geek stuff tng and if they want to call and leave us a voicemail they call the gvm line 201-730-2547 that's right and then if you want to uh support the show with the patreon that's patreon.com slash geek stuff tng for just one dollar a month you get to join the discord channel I, Scott been, is very active in Discord. I've been Scott, known... I have not seen someone been so active in disc. He jumped in and he jumped in. It's a head first. He is all the way in the Discord. It's incredible. I love it. I really do. Because you could tell he's involved. You could tell he's invested. Yeah, I'm digging <laughs> it. I'm, I'm digging it. the Discord. So that's just for $1 a month. For $3 a month, you get the, we call it the early bird special, right? You get the show posted a little bit early. Uh, you get a sneak peek at the prep sheet each week. Uh, for five dollars a month, you get uh, the weekend bonus show. Now, who does that weekend bonus show? Uh, usually, it's me. Usually. Uh, uh, <laughs> there, like I said last week, uh, you know, the the official people of shutting down stores. They came in. They said, you know, oh, you can't have Ratatouille uh, fixing up the sandwiches and whatnot. But they don't know what it's like running the sandwich shop. Uh, it, it it involves many hands and tails. Uh, you know, it takes a village to run uh, the sandwich shop. So, <laughs> so we'll we'll get those weekend bonus shows up there, and also you get uh, the vintage shows, the vintage original Geek Stuff Big BC, Kev, B, B, Geek Stuff BC, uh, and uh, for 
ten dollars a month, you get to watch the show live on Instagram. Now, when the men in suits came and grabbed uh, Kevin Monty, they shut down the Instagram. So uh, maybe they'll be back the on Instagram for the second half of the show, hopefully. Yes, in theory. In theory, theoretically. So, it, it, in honor of them, we shall plug on, uh, yeah. and try to do this first half in a timely manner. So, so that uh, I want to start with uh, something that's very near and dear to my heart, and you said it causes you some trauma. Uh, the Fast Saga, F9, uh, with a $70 million opening. Yes. Now, I, um, I think I have a correction for you, too. You said that it was yes. going to end after one more film. It is going to end after 11 official Fast films, but there's two more coming. So oh, There are two. I yeah. was under the impression that it was 11 films, counting this one, making it 10, because I know that the Tokyo Drift wasn't numbered, but technically it'd be like four, I think. Yeah. I don't know how it works. Uh, the the fast the fastiverse or whatever you want to call it, um, I'm not really in tune with it. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I I love these movies again. As I mentioned last time, that uh, my first car was a '68 Charger. So when these movies came out, and there's a '60, it's a '69, but there's you know yeah. a black Dodge Charger in there. I was all in from the beginning. And as they've gotten more ridiculous over the years, it 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 doesn't matter. But um, I I just I surprised that I haven't gone out to see it yet in the theaters, but I really do think that I'm going to get out to see Fast Fast Maybe in the in the spirit in the spirit of of what is today, I think if 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 you're willing to listen, I could tell the story. I would love to hear it quickly. I'd love to hear. Okay, so we're gonna I'm going to take you back to to an age of an eight year old sandwich. (laughs) I was only eight at the time, and my my father was uh, dating this woman, and she wanted to go on this camping trip. She was. Nice girl, nice enough girl, and we went camping up in like, you know, the middle of nowhere in New York with about like three hundred Colombian people. Now they love to party, they love to party, and for some reason, the entire weekend from the second we got there Friday at like noon to the time we left, which is noon Sunday, they partied. Half of them partied and half of them slept. So I didn't get sleep the entire weekend, <laughs> and the entire time. My tent happened to be next to the place where they were playing Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh. Well, at least it wasn't Tokyo Drift. I don't even think it came out at that point. So I literally watched that movie at least 100 times in the span of one week. I have seen that movie. I dare anyone to say they've watched Too Fast, Too Furious more than me because I know they're wrong. Because I have seen that and it's burned in my head. Every single scene, I can hear Tyrese saying "ejecto cito" in my sleep, and it's it's just traumatizing almost to think about how much I've, a young sandwich literally didn't sleep because they the, the the they didn't sleep they they were lovely people but they loved to party so half of them were party and half of them were sleeping at dusk and dawn they they'd switch so so I was just in the middle of this with Fast and Furious and salsa music. Just nice. Too fast, too furious. My weekend. So it's funny, you know, with too fast, too furious, right? Vin Diesel's not in it. Yeah. Right? And, and that was the 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 thing back at that that time was Vin was known for being in film one of a franchise and then bowing out, and then they would come back and try to do another one without him, which wouldn't be as successful. And and so then you know he comes back at the end of Tokyo Drift with the cameo that then sets up, you know, what is now the the fast and furious universe right yeah. now remember tyrese said he wants a fast uh transformers mashup or shared universe and uh chris pratt said he wanted the jurassic park so i just say we want all three right we want transformers jurassic fast too universe. fast too jurassic that's transformers right. in disguise that's, that's it beast wars whatever so i'm all i'm all for that um but speaking of movies that vin diesel was in the first movie of the franchise and not the second they're gonna. They're working on Chronicles of Riddick four, right? Yeah. So he was in the first one. He wasn't in the second one. He was in. He was in Pitch Black, right? Then they do so. like a sequel that he wasn't in, and then it comes back with like Chronicles of Riddick. So it's like in that yeah. same universe. So they're working on a number four there. So Vin is. Uh, he's working. He's a hardest working those, man in those Hollywood. Those are always films that I enjoyed, like loosely. Like I'm not like a huge Riddick fan. I'm not. I wasn't against a four. I'll, I'll watch the four. I won't pay to see it. But, you know, I, I might watch it legally with, with Chinese subtitles if I care enough one day. Um, who would do that? No, never. No, I have no. ubiquitous clandestine informants who might assist me in finding it, as uh, most of the show does. Um, I, 
I don't mind it. I don't hate Vin. I like Vin Diesel. I like him in uh, the Avengers movies he's in. Uh, he <laughs> plays a really good role there. Um... <laughs> now I don't know if you, I don't know if you know, but I mean he is actually kind of a geek. He is a big D and D player. He did he oh, did the yeah. whole thing with Nerdist where they played D and D like kind of. I don't know how that uh, fit in the timeline of like Critical Role and everything, but like he played D and D online with and uh-huh. let people watch him play. So I mean you know he's. He's a little, you know, he's not, he's, there's more to him than meets the eye. I think in my, <laughs> you did that on purpose, didn't you? I did. You you did a pun. Um, if they were to do this D&D movie, I'm a strong believer that they should find actors who actually play D&D to be in the D&D movie. Because I bet if you got like Vin Diesel, Joe Manganello, whatever his last, and, and though, I know there's a couple other people who I, I know have played D&D. I think it'd be phenomenal if you got people who like, know the property and know stuff about it to play in the D&D movie. I feel like it'd be... I I, I could get more behind it. Maybe that's my, my only two cents on that, you know? Yeah, no, that sounds fun, though. I, that I think you're right. I think that would be that would be cool. All right, let's, uh, let's stay in the fantasy realm. We'll talk about uh, George R.R. R. Martin says that he kind of regrets that Game of Thrones series got past the books, and he basically said that uh, his, uh, his ending might not be the same as the show. Well, you know, be- because it sucked, the right. ending of... I-, I mean, listen, I enjoyed that show for a long time. You know, even the later seasons where I felt like it kind of started to drop, I still enjoyed it. And I tried to enjoy the last season at every twist and turn. I really did, but it was just... It was so it rushed, right? Like, yes. they just they just ran to the end, and then the end just wasn't that satisfying. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, hopefully the book... He knows what not to do, right? Just don't do what they did on the on the show... And yeah. maybe they'll get he'll get an ending that'll be a little more satisfying. But again, he's not necessarily out to satisfy people, right? You know, he just does what he does. You know, if people die, they die. He's you know. Yeah. So the last time a book came out for Game of Thrones was 2011. So we are almost I don't know when it came out 2011, but we're 10 years removed from a book. Wow. Writer's block's a thing, but you, can you really have? 10 years of writer's block? Yeah, I don't think or it's writer's it just... block. He's working on other stuff. He's writing other novels. I mean, he's been just doing other stuff, and he's not focusing on Game of Thrones, and that's why I think people were pissed, too. It's like, hey, yeah, you, you know, you haven't written a book since 2011. You know this is coming. Work on this one. You, you know, it's, sorry, so it came out July 11th, July 12th, 2011. Wow. So we're almost at 10 years since a D&D, uh, not D&D, sorry, I was thinking about this still, a Game of Thrones book has come out. And, you know, I understand... You, He's at, He's also not a young guy. I think he's like 78, 80 years old. He's an older gentleman. And he's said that he, in the past, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, if you have uh, any correct answers to me that I've gotten wrong, call the GVM hotline, 201-730-2547, and tell me I'm wrong. Um, he has assistants who he said won't. he won't allow them to finish the book. So whatever he, you know, in the least probable way, croaks, that that's when it's over, and I, I do want to say I feel like it'd only be appropriate if if he were to die at a wedding, getting stabbed thirty times, as most of his other characters have died. I feel like that's the only appropriate way to die that's for him. The right way for him to go out. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's move on to uh, a little Star Wars news. Uh, yes. First, Carrie Fisher's getting her walk uh, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which I was kind of surprised that she didn't already have one. Yeah, I was under the impression that I don't know. I I just thought. Anyone who had played a major part in Star Wars at this point had one back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's such a it's such a major part of Hollywood, right? That, you know, and and I think it would surprise you who has them and who doesn't have them. But ultimately, it's a it's a public relations deal. I believe that technically, you pay to get your star. Like there is no, it's not like they say, oh, you've got this great body of work, you deserve a star, right? It's, it's paid for. Whether it's yeah. paid for by you or a fan group or a studio, you know, I mean, the stars don't just happen and you're right nobody just votes you in and says oh yeah we think that this person deserves a star let's give them one you know it's paid for so it just you know the the carrie fisher fans just got around to making sure that she was uh highlighted on the walk of fame yeah um, you know, she deserves it for sure she, she definitely she, deserves it she's done a lot just for film it, I, i'll be honest i'm not super familiar with her body of work outside of star wars but even just selectively in the realm of star wars she's done so much for like pop culture and film as a whole really being part of that opening of sci-fi to the greater public. Well, I'll add something to your to your notebook of things to watch. Have you ever seen the original Blues Brothers? 
No. So she she is she has a part in that, and she's very good in it. It's very funny, and and some her scenes with John Belushi are hilarious. So one of the best scenes in the movie is with her and John Belushi. So okay. I'd recommend that when you get around to it. Um, sticking with Star Wars, the uh, Lego is changing the name of Boba Fett's ship. So I kind of captioned this Slave Nun instead of Slave One. Right there. I, I, I am so upset about this, and uh, in an upward, I mean. You know, it's just it's just weird. I mean, I understand there's a lot of negative connotations that go with the word slave, but I also when the ship was called Slave One, I never really associated it with slavery or a slave. I just thought it was a weird name for a ship, just like Millennium Falcon. I mean, what does that mean? Right. Uh, You know, especially in 1977, Millennium was a long way off still. So I I, I don't know. But the Disney doesn't necessarily want the word slave on their marketing material. So it's uh, the Lego ship says Boba Fett's starship instead of the Slave One. You know, I think, you know, at the end of the day, Legos are definitely more aimed for that, like, 8 to 12-year-old range. So maybe they don't want them, you know, saying, running around saying Slave One or something like that because, you know, the day and age, we're a lot more on the, like, you know, let's kind of watch what we're saying, which I get in certain aspects. Um, you know, I don't think they need to change it to be, you know, Boba Fett's ship. I think they could leave it being Slave One everywhere else. I don't think it hurts anyone. If anyone has been offended by it, I haven't seen anything. And, you know, it's in a, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So, you know, there are aliens and people with superpowers and stuff. It's it's a fantasy setting. I mean, if Slave 1 is where we, we draw the line, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of weird. The space wizards out there, but... Uh, sticking with uh, the Star Wars universe or the Disney, the Disney properties, let's let's jump over to the streaming uh, news and talk about Disney yeah. Plus. Uh, you know, Kev's not here. You want to talk about Loki? Uh, so I have a feeling if I try to talk about the new episode, the newest episode of Loki, I might get a talking to. We can talk about where we've been, episode one and two. Phenomenal. One of my favorite parts about these Disney Plus programs has been like the movies. There's a different feel to them. There's a different like point to each of them. And I really appreciate how like how different WandaVision is, how different, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier was, how different Loki feels right now as we're going through it, you know. You, you you could feel like, you know, this is aimed for an audience, but you know, it's like in the genre of comic fans and MCU fans, there's a niche in there and they're hitting their niches with each, you know, individual movie and show and I I really appreciate that. Because, you know, there's something for everyone to enjoy. So yeah, and I, I was saying that, that to me, the, the, the look and the feel and the weirdness of it um, reminds me a lot of, um, oh shoot, what was it called? Uh, it reminds me of the show, the FX show um, Legion, right? Legion, just, yeah. Just very strange, it's kind of hard to know what's going on, and it's not quite as strange, it's a little more, you know, okay, it's dealing specifically with time travel, and Legion was a lot more about the, you know, kind of astral projection and, 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 yeah. and all of his strange psychic abilities, but... You know, I just like that it's a little bit weird and kind of tough to, to understand what's going on. Not tough to understand what's going on, but the, you know, the TVA is this, you know, they function outside of our universe. So you're not going to understand everything about them at the beginning. And yeah. uh, I also wanted to point out that you know, as we wrap up Pride Month, it, in I think it was in episode two, they show that uh, Loki is canonically bisexual and gender fluid, which was. Yeah. And, and so, you know, this is a, that's a win for representation uh, which is nice, but I also think that I saw the meme that said people that don't, that get surprised or, you know, when they see that Loki is gender fluid, they don't know that in the original mythology, Loki transformed himself into a female horse and got pregnant by another horse and actually gave birth to a baby horse. So uh, I think Odin know. rides that horse. That's like Odin's horse, yeah. the one he gave birth to or something like that. Yeah, so it's like these these mythology you know you got to realize that uh the concept of gender fluidity and bisexuality has been around a lot longer than uh some folks that get upset about those things may want to admit something i really enjoyed about that too honestly is i appreciate a way that they made something like that organically fit into a property without adjusting like because it make it makes sense if you know like actual norse lore or even like i think he might have been a little like that in the comics you know yeah it makes sense for him to be like that you know, I appreciate representation in places that, you know, fit good. You know what I mean? I, I, I feel like sometimes it gets shoehorned in certain scenarios. I really liked how this felt very natural and organic and like 
it makes so much sense when you think about it, you know? So I really liked it. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it, it didn't made... feel shoehorned in. It felt like just part of the background, and it made sense. Yeah. And it and it wasn't just about that either. It was, you know, it was just an organic part of the story. Exactly, and I loved that. That really made that made me feel good just knowing that that's a thing. Yeah. So while we're on the streaming services, uh, I want to mention just today, and we'll probably talk more about this when uh, Kev comes back. Uh, but uh, Good Omens season two was yes. announced, and my understanding is that there was only the one book. With Neil, written by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, right? And they kind of went back and forth writing it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not sure who's going to be helming season two. So I think they wanted to do a second book for a while. And I think it just never materialized. And then the other guy, you says, what was his name? Terry Pratchett? Terry Pratchett, yeah. He is, has since passed, you know, I don't know how long ago. So now it's just Neil. So... It could work. I'm not against it. I thought Good Omens was a great property. I liked the show. I've read the book a little bit. I'll be honest, I haven't read it in its full. There might be something in the archive that I steal from Kev at some point in the future. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm excited. I, I love the fact that we are at a point in comic culture, in comic like media, where we're getting those, like, not secondary stories, but not, you know, your typical superhero story like this is a, it was a great comic book and it's definitely something that you know it's not about capes or you know fighting for justice it's you know it's a good story and i appreciate that we're at a point where we're using those stories absolutely and it was a, it's to me it's a very british version of the story you know and and so my favorite book is the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy by douglas adams so again british sci-fi comedy kind of a weird genre and Everything about Good Omens felt right in that same wheelhouse, you know, of, of the kind of the Doctor Who, uh, Douglas Adams. And so, and again, I haven't read a lot of Neil Gaiman, and I know he's extremely talented. I'm looking forward to The Sandman as that's coming out, too. But I, I mean, I loved Good Omens. Every episode was fantastic. Again, also the actors in it were, were great. I mean, just, yes. uh, you know, so I'm really looking forward to season two. So we'll kind of keep an eye out for, for that. Okay. Can we jump back to Disney real quick? Sure. I want to bring something. So uh, they dropped a second Shang-Chi trailer. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. And they finally, I've been begging someone to do something with Abomination. They finally showed him at the tail end of the trailer. And as a Hulk fan who's been wondering what the hell they're doing with Abomination this whole time, I am so happy he is finally being involved in something. Yeah, now, and I've heard that that might be setting up the, uh, is it the Thunderbolts? Well, so I've, I've heard two things. I heard it could be Thunderbolts. I also heard they might be lining him up for the She-Hulk TV show that's coming at some point down the pipeline. Mm, yeah. As him being the big bad for that. Oh, that'd be great. I hope, they, I hope they get Tim Roth to, to voice, you know, to, to be the vo voice and motion capture so for that. So, it looked like, you know the same model. He looks more abomination-y where you had those, like, fish-looking ears. Right. So it looks closer to a comic abomination, but it definitely has the exact same look as the 2010, 2008, whenever it came out, Hulk movie abomination. So I think it is Tim Roth. I'm not sure if he came back. It looks just like it. Yeah, I hope so. And especially if, if they then put him on as, the like, kind of the big bad or one of the main elements on She-Hulk, then, yeah, I hope that he's acting... For that too. Now, here's what I want, and again, hopefully, maybe they'll bring that into the She-Hulk show. I want the leader, right? The guy that you know from the yeah. from the Ed Norton Hulk, where it, it dripped under yeah. his head. I'm he like, he was there. Yeah, that for was like they two set seconds. It up. And then, and then, you know, there was no payoff for that. So I hope he that got we thrown out a window, too. and then we never heard anything from him. Yeah, um, that was something too. That's always bought the the Hulk. It, I could I could talk for an hour at least about how I feel Hulk's been done in the MCU, but I don't want to take away from the show. But I I, I hope. I'm excited that Abomination's coming back. Maybe this opens up the leader to come up. Maybe, like we said, in the She-Hulk or somewhere else down the line. I mean, you know... Marvel's been getting good about pulling things. Yeah, the, the universe is so big. It, it just... There's nowhere for it to stop. It can just keep growing and expanding and bringing back in these, like, lesser characters that, yeah, maybe you're not going to use Abomination a second time in another movie, but, yeah, you can bring him to the streaming shows, right? And you can, you can pull in some of these characters that we liked that just... They, they're not going to get to be on the big screen but they can come to the small screen and we can still enjoy them right. now also right. did you see fing fang foom in the in the trailer or was it just me so 
was that Fing Fang Foom? Because I thought he looked a little different. I couldn't really tell. Oh, I thought it was, it was underwater and it looked like a dragon. So I thought yes. first thing was Fing Fang Foom, but I don't know. You know, so maybe maybe we'll I, I have to. I couldn't tell if that was just like a mythical dragon of some sort or meant to be Fing Fang Foom. Um, it could be Fing Fang Foom. I don't. Th- he the the dragon I thought looked a little different than Fing Fang Foom because I feel like Fing Fang Foom is more like green and scaly i think this one looked like white and like kind of furry to me maybe oh that's just how i watched it maybe i have to look at it again yeah and it was fast uh, i mean you know obviously they're teaser trailers right so you know the, these yeah. these it's just like a second or half a second on on screen so i'll have to check that out i'm excited to see where they add where they bring this into the greater marvel universe you know what their in what their plan is for uh shang chi is it shang chi is a karate kid because i feel like people call him karate kid too no, it's Shang- it, Shang-Chi. It's uh, Shang-Chi? Yeah, there was, uh, I mean, yeah, Shang-Chi, I think the original comics that he was in were called, like, the Master of Kung Fu, and I okay. think that there was, I think there was another name, but, it, like, there was some copyright issues, um, yeah. and then Shang-Chi is the current incarnation of the character. So I'm excited to see where he uh, ends up in the universe. I don't know what their plan with him is, but I like the actor, and I like the concept, so... If they add more kung fu to the Marvel movies, I'll be so behind that. Yeah. So while we're on the trailers, what about Suicide Squad? Did you see the new Suicide Squad trailer? I did not. I didn't even know one came out. Um, I'll let you go first before I, I get into my uh, my feelings about oh, it. Oh, okay. I mean, again, it just all the these goofy, like, you know, C-list heroes or villains or whatever. Or I guess they're not heroes, but these C-list villains are funny. John Cena's uh, guy is named Peacemaker, and there's the like the polka dot guy i mean just so it's all and then you know king shark just all these really weird sea level comic book folks that they that, that they just bring to life and make them look exactly like they do in the comic books i mean it's it's just fun to do it it looks funny it looks like it will be as enjoyable as the first suicide squad now my big problem with the suicide squad was amanda waller right uh, yeah. you know the that like she's literally willing to kill every single person that works for her to get her job done. I'm like, why would anybody work for her? Like, you know, that's the whole point is if if she just wipes out every employee all the time. So that was my big problem with the original Suicide Squad. This one looks like it might be a little, a little funnier, like not so intense. Yeah. And I think it, it looked pretty good. I mean, I want to see, I want to see this one more than I wanted to see the first one. Yeah, I I hope this works, um, because I'm a fan of the idea of the Suicide Squad. It's just I. You know, I, I had a little more, gri- like, you know, this is a slight spoiler. The film's been out, like, a couple years at this point, so I don't think it's a major spoiler. But they killed that guy Diablo. Well, in the comics, I'm pretty sure he literally can't die. Like, he dies <laughs> and just comes back anyways. So that was a little uh, annoying. And then I, I I didn't hate the way they portrayed the other characters. Um, you know, I, I'm sad Will Smith didn't come back for Deadshot. But they got Idris Elba, so I mean, you know, yeah, another fine actor. So, yeah, exactly. So it's not. I hope this works. I never want any of these films to fail. I I want them all to succeed. I want them all to be as best as they could be. So I'm excited. I hope this works. Um, am I banking on it? No, respectfully to the film, not against it. It's just I I always am cautious for anything that Warner Brothers could touch, because. It's like a, it's 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 like a, it's the worst, it's the most bad bad touch that they could ever do, just to put the, their little hands on things, and just adjust and change it how they think it'll work. And I know sometimes they 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 might hit magic. As of late, I feel like they haven't. Yeah, I so. think that that's it. It's like I'm not a I'm not a harsh critic of comic book movies because they're comic book movies. They're supposed to be. You know, for fun, you go enjoy them, and you know you enjoy the characters, and you know Marvel does that extremely well. And it's like, but if you go and you're bummed out at a, you know, because Superman, you know, breaks somebody's neck, that's not fun, and that's not the character that you grow up with. And I realize that the world that we live in may be not as nice as it used to be, but that's not why I go to a movie. I don't go to a movie to see a depressing world. I live in a depressing world. I want to see, you know, the, the beacons of hope that Superman's supposed to be. And I want to see, you know, I don't want to see Batman firing machine guns, right? I mean, that's just not, Batman's character is supposed to be anti-gun. And yet there's machine gun. I mean, he is shooting guns left and right through all of the Zack Snyder stuff. So I just, if they stay truer to the character, which is what it seems like the Suicide Squad does, right? They're goofy characters. Then they let them stay goofy. Yeah, I, I like that. I remember in Batman vs Superman counting the amount of people that Batman actually just killed, like 
blowing up their car right. or like taking them and like punching them so they break their neck and look like like he killed a lot of people. Just uh, like it's not like oh he kind of walked away. No, none of those guys walked away right. from any of those fights. Yeah, I mean it is funny when you really think about the Batman. It's like oh I'm not going to kill the bad guys. I will break you know paralyze them, break their legs. I will you know I will beat the shit out of them, but I'm not going to kill. <laughs> but yeah, there's a line. There's, there's a, a line. line. He does. Have, he's got a code. Just because he's a quadriplegic, he's not dead. Right. Right. So, all right. I think that uh, with that, we ought to bring the first segment uh, to to a close. And uh, then hopefully uh, Nick and uh, Kev will be out of their uh, manager's meeting. And we can yeah, uh, go on to the second half of the show. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, so, with that, Mr. Scott, we will bring this episode of Geeks of TNG, episode 640, I don't think we have a name yet. Oh, I think we do have a name. I think we should call it... We don't know where they are. Let's call it Monty Goes to the Pine Barrens. All right, we'll call it that. Uh, We'll bring this episode of Geeks of TNG, episode 640, Monty Goes to the Pine Barrens, to to a break by saying, we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. (laughs) Monty, are you sure this is safe? This store looks sort of very spooky. Sandwich, relax. The Graveyard Gallery is an amazing place, and it has something for everybody. But but, but it's called the Graveyard Gallery. Sounds like they're into spooky stuff, and, you know, I'm a very delicate person. Well, you're definitely right on both accounts. But it doesn't matter if you want collectibles as far back as the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, or something related to obscure movies that only diehards know about. There's something for everybody here. I, I, I mean, I do have to admit, the, the range of collectibles is... Pretty stellar and pretty creative, I'll be honest. They have a wide range in stock. It could be hot toys, prop replicas, statues. They got you, man. These clothes are something else, too. Is that real blood on that shirt? Not on all of them, but they got hoodies, shirts, beanies. They even have stuff with Herman Munster, Dracula, and Red from that 70s show. Wow, dude, these handmade items are awesome. This heart's still beating. All right, put that back where you found it, okay? But the handmade items are some of my favorite things in the store. They have paintings, masks, dolls, and of course, prints. You gotta have prints on your wall. Oh, uh, sorry, I didn't hear you. I was having a fascinating conversation with the gentleman over there who's a bat now, um, and he helped me pick out some great collectibles for me. It's all good, man. Don't worry about it. Did he show you the human skull in the cabinet brought to you by Dark Interiors? The what? Zoinks! You better be going to the ATM and then come back to buy a spine. The Graveyard Gallery at thegraveyardgallery.com and on Etsy, Instagram, as well as Facebook as The Graveyard Gallery. Go to them for one-of-a-kind vintage pieces. New horror-related items are in each week from big and small companies and one-of-a-kind creations. The Graveyard Gallery. It's fine, sold separately. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the Piecast because we got married on Pi Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at Pi Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pi Day Scott. Check us out. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Potter and Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Build your own X-Wing. Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Hello, this is Neil Gaiman. 
uh, writer of lots of different things, really. And you're listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Live from Studio M, the sandwich shop, Big Kev Huna Studios, and sunny California for West Coast TNG. It's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you're here from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is a 118th scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your 3 and 3 quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the Proton Torpedo Bay, working engine lights, and the light of R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-Foils open into attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do 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 premium offer. You get 118 scale handgun accessories to create a detailed display of your X-wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or at shows or conventions, and I don't even tell you, the price tag can be quite high. The genius of the system is that you're paying a little each month, as well having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach in by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. Good job. Damage, damage. move over to your right a little bit. Good job. Uh, and let's also talk about the Graveyard Gallery over 21 Main Street in Butler, New Jersey. Some fantastic folks. They just redid their, their shop. Uh, quite nicely, right before they're getting ready for a bunch of uh, horror conventions, Monster Mania, and the like. Uh, cannot just tell you how knowledgeable these guys are, what kind of great toys they have. Uh, homemade, these like Etsy type products. Like That's kind of what I probably like about it the most, honestly. It's uh, so You get to something that's old and vintage-y, uh, and something that, you know, um, uh, Susie Q might have made up uh, with blood splatter uh, all in her garage. Really good stuff overall. So check them out uh, at the Graveyard Gallery uh, over on the Instagrams or the Facebook. You will not regret it. Or you will. Who knows? Don't listen to me. Um, we have a few stories uh, I would like to hit on since uh, oh. uh, I have limited time here. Uh, so I just want to mention, get out there about the fact that uh, the new Sopranos trailer dropped. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Good. I don't want to know anything else. I don't need any more trailers. I, I don't wish series now. I kind of want to watch like sometimes like on YouTube they might have like a, a recap, uh, you know, by season or something like that, um, or like you know everything you need to know in uh, uh, five minutes and fifty five seconds, something like that. I need to watch one of those kind of videos just as a a, a refresher. But man, I am so stoked for this. I, I, I can't honestly remember the last time I saw a trailer and I was this excited for something. Um, maybe it was, no, I can't even think of it, honestly. Uh, everything they just did was just spot on for uh, the feel, the, the look, the sound, the music. Oh, God, the way they edited this thing was just, uh, you know, the people that edited this thing probably deserve their own award. It was just that good. The way they did the music, the way they ended the trailer with the original theme song, uh, just like, what was it, maybe six, seven seconds or whatever the case may be. But you know. That got everyone going. Got everybody going who who listened to the the, the classic show. So, uh, who watched the classic show. So, uh, I'm very thrilled. Cannot wait. And I think... uh, I think it's going to do good, at least over here in in the land of Jersey. Um, Especially over here. I live like two minutes down the road from uh, their actual house. Definitely yep. more towards the poorer side of where that house is. I'm definitely, definitely not like that house. Um, so, yeah, I cannot wait to check that puppy out once once it drops. When, um, I, when I come to visit. I really, 
Oh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Scott. I was going to say, when I come to visit, as long as Nick promises to take me on the Sopranos tour, I at least want to stop by the pork store. Because seeing that in the in the preview, in the trailer, I think was my favorite part. I think that's in North Arlington or Kearney or something like that. So, yeah, that's really super easy. I think it's in, yeah, it's in Newark, I think. No, I thought it was right outside. I mean, we could just Google that really quickly. But still, yeah, uh, it's not um, like to get a hold to. Get, a, uh, get to, rather. What I, what I, when I saw the trailer... The first thing I thought of was that, which is what I suspected I would feel, is that I wish this was going to be a series and not just a one-off. That's the first thing that I thought was like, I if the, if it's going to be as good as I suspect that it probably will be, I'm going to want to see more of it. I'm going to want to see seasons of it, and that's what I was concerned about when they said, "Well, we're going to do a movie," and it's like, "Uh, really? Oh, okay. Maybe it doesn't have enough juice to do anything past the movie." But I really, at the time, I'm sure if anybody's a listener to the show, I'm sure that I said, "I wish they would consider doing this as a series and not just a one-off movie." But what are you going to do? Can't yeah. please everyone. Tony okay. begins. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> Um, another, uh, big announcement. Well, this uh, dropped like, Mob awakens. <laughs> uh, this dropped like three, four weeks ago and we're just didn't get a chance to talk about it. Or at least I didn't. Uh, Rob zombie is going to be coming out with a monsters movie. People, a lot of people just friggin' hammered this thing right off the bat. I mean, they didn't even like give it a chance before they were bad. Now they Rob zombie. Here's the thing. He is passionate as hell about this kind of content. He knows right. it, he loves it, he breathes it, um, he understands it. Uh, depending, No matter what you think about his movies, you cannot deny that. And the man just, I don't know if he's still doing it or just finished wrapping up, doing uh, uh, locations, uh, some location scouting, uh, and they were going nuts on the guy. But you know what? I have so much faith on how he's going to structure this thing, how he's going to put it together. Um, and honestly, I, I think it, it could not have been gone. It could not have gone to a better person who uh, wants to make. I don't want to call it a passion product. I don't. I don't think that's fair. But someone who's just going to do it justice and make like a a dark comedy because that's what I really, really, really want to see out of this. Yeah, I agree. I I I was a fan. I was a fan of his Halloween remake. Um, the the, the movies that he did. Uh, Malcolm McDowell as. Dr. Loomis and, and so on. I was a fan of those. I was not a fan of House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, I just, to me, it just seemed a little too derivative of sort of the Chainsaw Massacre movies. So, you know, like I wasn't such a big fan as that. But yeah, there's no doubt Mr. Monty is correct with regards to the man's commitment to the uh, sort of the genre, if you will. And uh, yeah, I'll be looking... I'll be looking and interested to see how he handles doing a straight up comedy. That's where I think the sort of the meat and potatoes of the story is, is that Rob Zombie is going to do what I assume is going to be. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, what I assume is going to be a comedy in the, it's sort of, I guess in the vein of like, um, you know, like the Adams family movies or uh, the, the Johnny Depp, dark shadows movie. Um, I think that's the genre that we're talking about here, sort of the horror-esque comedy uh, genre. So, yeah, we'll be really interested to see how they how they handle that. But how did you guys feel about the Dark Shadows movie? Because that was way before I even came back to the state, so it's that been a show. minute. But, uh, no, I liked it. I liked the movie. What was it? Oh, it was called, what was it? What We Do in the Shadows for the show? I think so. No, 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 no. Was it just Dark no. Shadows? Just Dark Shadows, yeah. Dark Shadows. So Dark Shadows itself, uh, uh, for the uninitiated, was was honestly and truly, it was a horror soap opera. It was literally a horror soap opera. And uh, it ran for a number of years. I think, I feel like in the late 60s, maybe into the early 70s. I don't know that it was British or not. I don't maybe I don't remember that exactly, um, but it really had a loyal following. And I've known about Dark Shadows forever. I mean, um, but I never saw it. I never watched it. It really wasn't my bag. Um, I'm sure Mr. Monty will will chime in here to tell me exactly uh, where I, where I got things wrong. But um, it ended, and then they decided to do sort of a revamp as a movie, and. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I, I didn't love it, but I liked it. As far as what we do in the shadows, that's actually a TV show that's on now. And it's a sort of a modern day set vampire story. Right. It's based um, on. I understand is really good. It's so. fantastic. It's based on the Taika Waititi, Waititi uh, film of the same name yeah. that he starred yes. in with. Uh, oh, I can't think of the other guy's name. Um, and then they did the spinoff TV show. But it's yeah, almost like it's real world, but with vampires. And it's like also they're idiots. Right. That's like the premise. Yeah. 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 And, and yes, Will, Barnabas Collins. Uh, is the main guy in Dark Shadows. Yes, I think you're correct about that. Yeah, my sister was a huge Dark Shadows fan. It was a daily sit or, or soap opera, like you said, Kev. Soap opera, and it the, was, right? But the yeah. budget was low, and, yeah, and really like sets low. would fall down, and, and it was live television. So, yeah, the, there's like all kinds of uh, background story about, about Dark Shadows and how That's awesome. all the things that happened with a live show like that. Um. That's really it for some of the bigger things I wanted to talk to on the prep sheet. But I do have two, uh, we'll call them breaking news things, I guess. Of my oh, oh, breaking news, everyone. Prepare. Brace yourselves. The number one thing, uh, I got, I, I shaved my beard. Shaved yes. My beard. yes. No. We tried. I, did notice, I did notice that you had a face. It's, so it's, that, it was different. I will say this much. I had to wear, uh, I had to go somewhere, I had to put on my mask. And it was weird because after a year of wearing the damn thing, I put on the mask and it actually touched my face. So that that actually took a little bit of getting used to um, uh, for a while. Because or then I was kind of like pondering, but there was right. a grab as I was there like, was, there was nothing to ponder. Yeah, you know, it was just like I'm stroking nothing. Yeah, it was. Uh, we, listen, we all make mistakes. Mine involved the straight razor. So uh, was it one of those things where you tried to like get it trimmed on one side and then like, oh, it's a little too short, and you kept no, no, you kept no. to go back and forth. Then you well, went clean. It was a lapse in judgment, Dom. Because I'm like, this will be a good idea. Number of that, I have nothing. That's it. That's all I got. That's Here we are. Uh, ironically, my beard is now fully in. So if you can... <laughs> oh, yes. It's, yeah. it's just there as it frosted is. as the tips of your hair. There you go. Hysterical. Still funny. That go. will always I'm be funny, curious. and I'm never going to not do the thing. frosted tips joke. The whole thing, sir. The whole thing is that way. See? There you go. Uh, the other thing to mention, and this is a little bit more on the serious side, uh, in terms of producing and being a uh, permanent chair on the show, uh, I am going to, you know, I'm not even going to say I'm going to bow out. I'm going to go on sabbatical. I think that's the right uh, way of kind of putting it. Yes. And I, I'm sure there, maybe there was a vibe that might have come on over the last show, uh, last few episodes maybe. Uh, let me start by saying it has nothing to do with anybody else whatsoever. Before that, would so be a, that would be a first. No, I'm kidding. It would be like a fourth. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, things change in people's lives, uh, specifically with work, uh, personal life, and, uh, well, trying to make a living in general, I guess I should say. Uh, and things are just kind of becoming too much to the point where, uh, honestly, doing the show, it feels like you kind of are doing – I'm doing it with uh, – uh, one hand on the wheel, uh, a blindfold, uh, and a take a gas uh, on fire. You know, my car's on fire going in the wrong direction of the highway. So this metaphor is getting out of hand. Yeah. Well, so, is, well, yeah, no, no argument there. So, like I said, it's a sabbatical. Uh, that's not to say right. I drop by, you know, maybe when when the when the monsters drops, that's not to say like I won't be on to, to talk about that or give my thoughts. Uh, or leave a voicemail because I'm going to assume that one of you guys gave uh, West Coast Scott the information on how to download a voicemail to put into the show. Um, uh, I, sure. Confidently. Yeah, I can yeah. do that. One of us did did that, right? You did the Somewhere. thing. Uh, I feel like you well, did that. Well, okay. <laughs> how about how about this, Mr. Monty? Well, why on earth would you want to give that stuff to West Coast Scott? Because uh, you and Dom. Um, are not going. No, to. you're going the wrong way. Why West Coast Scott? Why would you give oh, those? Why West Coast Scott? He was guest, West Coast Scott. He uh, is the obvious answer because, frankly, he probably likes the show more than anybody else uh, on this planet. More he, than anyone in this room. <laughs> <laughs> we're all in four different rooms. Um, uh, he he knows. He understands podcasting. He understands the geek culture. So you might say that he is has been 
He's been on a fixture a fixture of this show longer than I've been. True. Without a doubt. Without a and doubt. So, and so therefore then he has become an He has been promoted, sir. Ah, where yes. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go that we're promoting West Coast Scott so right over sandwich to <laughs> producer of the show. That's fine. Listen, I, I am firmly in the third chair and I love my spot here. I, I one day after the show was over, I I tipped over my chair in the studio and I just carved my initials claiming this chair is mine. Um, <laughs> that would happen in the in the in the in the hypothetical third chair spot. Um, so we have first I want to say we've officially locked in this show to be forever taped on Zoom because there will be no way in hell. We get all three of us together in the same spot long enough to record a show. That's not. We're gonna work on that. There's a chance, maybe for like Comic Con. We are now. We are now Geek Stuff International TNG because we are filming across three separate time zones. Not a bad idea. (laughs) Want to recognize Chimps Nanny in the uh, in the Instagram Nanny saying Sandwich needs to get busy with a sandwich shop. Ah, Uh-oh. see, because Uh-oh. of the shufflings in the upper offices. Oh, I see. Um, you know, it's so, been hard we, trying to figure it out. Do we need right. to have Grandma get on him about that? Grandma Ma, she'll get on him about it. You bet she will. So <laughs> what I guess, uh, uh, you know, and then then it's official. Uh, West Coast Scott is becoming, uh, is, has been promoted to the week-to-week producer where Mr. Monty has been moved up to uh, associate producer uh, here on Geek Stuff TNG. Is it? Oh. uh, Moved around. Executive producer along with OG, but OG is still like the executive. General manager. How's that? There you go. That's it. There you go. That sounds official. Proud of you. Just just to be kind of blunt, it's just, you know, uh, life is just getting a little bit crazy, so just gotta you know take uh, take yeah. us back. So, Mr. Monty's not leaving us; he'll be joining us periodically as a special guest, uh, and uh, he'll be working on some things behind the scenes uh, uh, that will that will roll out at some point. And uh, yeah, so I I I, I I'll, I'll let Sandwich uh, 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 and then well Scott and then Sandwich and then me. Um, Let's uh, let's give Mr. Monty his due as we uh, as we head towards the wrap up of the program here. Oh, you want me to go first? I, I just want to say because yeah, you're the newest. I'm the new guy. You're, you're replacing him. Oh, I could never can never replace Mr. Monty. <laughs> uh, I can only hope to to fill those shoes uh, as best I can, and I do appreciate uh, showing me the ropes and uh, you know getting me acclimated to the geek stuff behind the scenes environment i mean i'd seen a lot on the instagrams you know but there's so much more to it than that and i appreciate everything that you've done uh to help me get up to speed god i'm i'm praying for you (laughs) wow (laughs) so i I guess that makes me next um if scott's done yeah that's it uh as we are well aware um (laughs) i've kind of had monty helping guide me in this sh- how to do a podcast and how to present myself. I understand that everyone makes jokes. Oh, Mick Foley, you know, we make those jokes, but you know, Monty has really helped me out a lot, you know, in the, um, we're almost at two years now, you know, in August, it'll be two years. I've been on this, this program. And, um, you know, I remember the first time Kev said, Oh, Dom, I'd like you to do the program with me. It's going to be great. It's like, Oh, that's awesome. And then, um, you know, you're going to go to this guy, Monty's house. And he's going to be recording the show. You and OG are going to be there. It's going to be fine. I remember I drove up to the house. And I'm like, I, I think I'm in the right spot. I don't know if this is it. And then a, a guy comes out. Grizzled. He's got his thick beard, long hair. There's a dog barking in the background. I'm like, I think I'm in the right spot. And uh, quickly, you know, I think he could tell I was tense. He's helped me a lot with, you know, talking on this podcast because for the first year I was a mute. Um, now I don't shut up sometimes. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's done a good job at, you know, helping me become a sandwich in, in a way that I didn't think I could be. So I will appreciate Monty from this day until my last day. 
he is a fantastic friend a great producer he'll be sorely missed but he won't be missed because i know for a fact he'll be jumping around he'll probably weekly tell me to get a 401k as his tradition (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's it's been a legitimate blessing having this guy produce the show for the past for me almost two years however long you were before i don't know the exact time frame and uh it's going to be hard without you for a little bit but i know you're in a better place in caldwell new jersey you know <laughs> doing whatever you do with He's your in a better in your place time. now <laughs> wait to that farm in upstate new york <laughs> that's it yeah and after We've the show it. we will not take monty out to the pine barrens to execute him soprano style as he would enjoy uh we'll let him walk away yeah, He's, no, no one no, gets to yeah, no, no one monty. gets to walk away only one guy is allowed to walk away. Monty, we're going to have a party for you out here in the woods. That's all. No big deal. Goddamn. Goddamn. Hey, Kev, that's uh, going to be the order right there. I mean, he said nice things, and he promised not to kill me. So that's that's sweet, you know? I'm going to open uh, my, my little part of this by, uh, by recognizing Will on the Instagrams, who said, make sure you get Monty to sign that NDA and the non-compete before he leaves. <laughs> It's for so many reasons. But it, really, it really, really is. So, uh, Medium we, Monty's uh, geek stuff. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Big Monty's geek stuff. Yeah. I will say this much. Medium Monty. It is not to do any other type of um, a pop culture podcast or geek-related podcast or anything like that or anything. Nice, nice caveats. Well, I'm not going to go do a D&D show now. Yeah, that's it. He's gonna go. He's gonna go run a D and D show and film it, that's and then it. He'll, yeah, and then he's also gonna start playing video games and and uh, showing them on Twitch. So there you go. Yeah, that's what people do when they leave. So, <laughs> um, I will also say that uh, it has been a blessing uh, to the show to have Mr. Monty driving uh, the bus, um, uh, not off the cliff, but certainly uh the wheels have slipped on the side occasionally for all of us uh but that said um nick came in in a moment when og and i were i i would not say i would not say free fall is not the right word but you know we uh we we had uh seen the departure of uh of a producer and instantly i said to og i said what about nick Let's offer it to him and see what he says. And, uh, you know, we've known Nick for quite a while. And so there was all that. And, uh, yeah, and Nick was really eager to come on board and, and, and really eager to kind of figure things out with us and what are we going to do and so on and so forth. And as good as that was and as good as Nick was in those moments, what I really have to say was the sort of the shining moment, if you will, or not moment, but the, just sort, of the sort of the shining time period with Nick was when we were transitioning the show, when we were uh, rebranding the show to Geek Stuff TNG, what it is now. That's when I think the real sort of uh, Nick sort of producing abilities really sort of, you know, Nick was really driving that that, uh, rebranding, like, okay, we need to do this. We need to do this. We want to do this. Let's do a new opening. Let's you know, let's let's figure out how the three of us and that would be sandwich at that point as well, how the three of us are, you know, how are we going to run this? How are we going to drive the bus and so on and so forth? And I really have to say from feeling like um, even before we asked uh, sandwich to be a permanent member, even before that, when Nick and I were having discussions like, you know, I was basically like, what are we going to do, man? What are we going to do? And Nick was like, eh. Uh, well, you know, this we'll 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 do this, we'll do this, we'll do this, and you know, and then that sort of I have to say it sort of reinvigorated me to say, all right, yeah, and you know what, we can also do this and do this and do this. So, um, yeah, and we kept the 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 wheels on the rail, and you know, like here we are, and and it it is it it, it is life, and it is a shame that uh, it, it is the way that it is, and we have to uh, uh, we have to let mr monty walk away for a little bit and be uh sorting out his own stuff but you know i'm gonna reiterate 
there are very few people who leave the show forever. And I think Mr. Monty will be more involved um, than even some other producers that we have had in the past. So I, I'm, it's not, it's not even bittersweet because you, you would think that if he was walking away and we knew there was no way he was ever going to come back. Yeah. I'd be really upset about that, but I know that's not the case. So it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, Nick's going to go off and do what Nick needs to do. We're still going to have him around. Uh, West Coast Scott uh, is going to step up now and he's going to start and he's already Mm -hmm. if you know anything about West Coast Scott West Coast Scott has already got his hands firmly on the wheel and he's like sandwich you got to straighten up (laughs) you got to fly right Kev's okay but you sandwich oh sure sure yeah yeah you gotta gotta get with it Blame the young kid. I see how it is. <laughs> uh, Kev, I got to say, guys, oh, first, everyone, like those are just really, really kind words and uh, very touching and everything. And really the over the weekend while going food shop, only Kev's really going to get this reference, but Kev, while uh, going food shopping over the weekend and everything, uh, I just I saw a sign that no matter what uh, my ties to uh, geek stuff, regardless of which iteration it is, uh, will always be planted deep. Uh, because when I saw this in the food, <laughs> I'm showing him a, the new box of Kellogg's Crave chocolate chip cookie dough. Did you uh, buy a box? Nearly. Kevin, no. No. Uh, because that is something that almost uh, gutted uh, Kev, myself, and OG and I uh, oh, yeah. at uh, Comic Con like 10, 12 years ago. I uh, feel like it. And I feel like there's still some just kind of rattling around in, inside. I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah. So uh, I, I just can't thank uh, everyone enough for um, just working with you guys over, geez, I guess, I guess two and a half plus years at this point. Uh, like way more than that to me. Well, in 2020, time didn't exist in 2020, to be fair. It was kind right. of a so there's that uh you know all the people that listen to the show uh that i just chatted with either in discord on the social medias right um is just fantastic and uh honestly i cannot wait just to kind of like grab a beer with folks um and and some food and just kind of just chat with just kind of catch up and you know just kind of uh excited for what comes next in that next chapter because i got a lot of stuff kind of uh in the fire right now so i'm very excited uh but i can promise you this you you have not heard the last of me Boom, boom, boom. As long as no one takes me to the Pine Barrens. So, uh, <laughs> with with that, we will bring. Should this we plug episode. social media? Or just What's end that? It right there. Should we do social medias? Did you want to end it right there? No, that's fair, Mr. Monty. You want to uh, you want to lead us out? You can catch them each and every week over at geeksftng.com. You can check them out uh, and their social medias, geeksftng, respectively, on Facebook. Instagram and Twitter. You can find me streaming on Twitch as Monty's Mayhem. <laughs> find me as Monty's Mayhem. M O N T E S M A Y H with his brand new D and D game. Roll with it. <laughs> um, find me uh, as Monty's Mayhem on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube. Um, Yelp. Yelp. Uh, give me some good ones. Snapchat. Uh, I, slaughtered, I slaughtered Monty on Yelp. eBay. I left him such a review. No one will ever use him. Selling a bunch of stuff on eBay, so uh, I'll drop those links somewhere else. And um, um, at gmail.com. There you go. Um, Hey, Kev. Uh, You can find me on the Xbox network as soon as I hook my Xbox back up uh, at BigKevGS. Otherwise, I am BKGeekStuff everywhere else. Mr. Sandwich. You can find me on Xbox One and Instagram at Fat Dumbledore. Let that hang for a minute. Last time we'll stay with Monty here for a little while. F A T D O M B L E D O R E. Still funny. Always will be, and and I, I that's one of my highlights. Just period in life. Mister Scott, uh, you can find me on Twitter as uh, at Pi Day Scott and on Instagram at Pi Day Scott One. Hot, damn. Uh, and with that big Kev, if you don't mind, sir, I rarely ever do this, but uh, I would like to all you, sir. It's all uh, you. Wrap things up uh, by, you know what? I was gonna even toss it to Dom. I was gonna do the whole thing, but you know what? I, I'm not gonna do the, the routine. I'm just gonna say uh, thank you guys 
for being such great podcasting buddies. Thank you for being such great pals. And uh, uh, to the fans of this show, you have honestly made this uh, really, really special. And I can't wait to see you guys on a future episode. Good night. And on that note, we cue the music. Thank you.